Hey everyone, welcome to the Vagicine Podcast. It's Vanessa here. Uh, you know we're having courageous conversations about love, sex, and everything in between. So today is a question show, so it's going to be a little bit short. Uh, but I do appreciate all the love you've been sending me through social media, through Instagram, uh, through Twitter, and I really, really, really appreciate you. So if you ever want to join the conversation or get in touch with me, you can always join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Vagisteam. And you can always go on the website at Vagisteam.com and you can email me at Vagisteam at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you think about the show. I want to hear what you think about the segments. I want to hear if you have any guests that you want to suggest or anything that's happening that you want me to jump on. I want to hear it all from you. So I appreciate your support. I appreciate us always having these conversations. And like I said, I love hearing from you. So get in touch with me. Um, I, before we jump into our questions, uh, this week, I want to shout out Tamika Bell. I received an email from her and it was the sweetest thing ever. And I really appreciate it. So Tamika says, Vanessa, I've been listening to your podcast since August of last year. My cousin lives in Annapolis and got me listening to them. I love hearing your thoughts and hearing from all the guest speakers, even Paris sometimes. You hear that, Paris? Uh, what I love and appreciate the most is that you talk about a lot of issues that are not spoken of in the black community and you and your guest speakers keep the truth, keep the truth and keep it 100. I cannot say which one is my favorite as all of them have opened my eyes about different aspects of sexuality and relationships that I have not given much thought to, like polyamorous and black sex myths, the orgy party in Atlanta, network for abortion fund, just to name a few. I appreciate your podcast for sharing so much great information. No Justice, No V, <laughs> which was our latest episode, y'all, uh, was interesting in that when Paris was talking about Janelle Monet, I understand where he was coming from. However, you mentioned your thoughts and your perspectives. Um, and I was like, wow, that's a great point. I didn't think about it like that. I began to reflect on my thoughts and biases that I have towards women who actually who act differently than I do. I feel like it may be shameful shaming individuals for doing what makes them happy, which I don't want to do. So thank you so much for speaking your truth and challenging my thoughts and biases. I appreciate you always keeping it 100. You and all your guests speak their truth and I find it so empowering. Um, Tamika, thank you so much. Uh, Y'all go follow Tamika at phdiva, that's phdiva underscore 2012 on instagram she's the bomb i really appreciate this love tamika and i love that you definitely shared your insights so this is what i want to hear let me know what y'all think but thank you thank you thank you um tamika you're the bomb you keep it 100 i appreciate you and thank you so much for the love i it this email made my whole entire week thank you so much all right, so we got a couple questions here, and I know some of y'all sent me some questions a while ago, and I'm so sorry. Um, I asked y'all to DM me <laughs> your questions at times, and sometimes for some reason, I don't know what my DMs do. So I saw one from like a long, long time ago, and I really apologize. If it feels like I'm ignoring you, I'm not. I promise I'm going to get to your questions, but we have three of them today. Um, the first one comes from 
Um, nay. And this question says, what does it mean when you fart during sex? Like in the vagina, not an actual fart. <laughs> so I really love this question. So basically, uh, farting during sex, it's not actually from the butt, but from the vagina. It's called queefing. So if you ever heard the word queef or someone's queefing, that's basically what it is. And it's not an actual like passing of gas. Basically, queefing is when air uh, gets stuck in the vagina and, you know, and basically it's the sound that it makes when it's coming out. So that can happen really quickly. Uh, embarrassing enough for me, it happened to me at work a few weeks ago. Like I sat down like super quickly and I'm assuming that air just got trapped in my vagina when I sat down. That air was like, boop. Yeah. Was that staff mean, y'all? Um, <laughs> Um, but it can happen during sex all the time and there's no need to apologize for it. I know sometimes, especially those with vaginas in the house, we're like, what, wait, hey, hold up, wait, I didn't fart, I didn't fart, I promise, I didn't fart. Um, it's something perfectly natural, perfectly normal. It happens a lot. It, I can't, it happens often. So, um, don't be embarrassed about it. Um, but yeah, queefing, no big deal. Just air, literally air just getting trapped in the vagina. So that is that. Great question. Thanks so much, Nay. Really love that you sent me this question. Um, another question I got is from Tam. Um, I'm gonna say this name is Tam. Uh should all STDs be disclosed to partners or some? If not, which STDs are exempt and why? So for everyone out there, just some baseline STDs are sexually transmitted diseases. Um, basically, when we think about the S for sexually, think about these body parts, things that can be transmitted through penis, mouth, anus, and vagina. Uh, I always tell my students, think about what their mouth do when we're thinking about, when we're thinking about sex. Um, when we're th thinking about the T for transmitted, think about how things are spread. So the, the way that STDs are spread are through the four main bodily fluids, blood, semen, vaginal fluids, and breast milk. And lastly, skin-to-skin -skin contact. And when I say skin-to-skin -skin contact, I'm not talking about high fives or handshakes. I'm talking about if someone has a wart on their genitals and you're just grinding on them with no clothes on, there is a possibility to spread that um, STD to another person. Um, and then when we're talking about diseases, think about, you know, basically diseases or things that make you sick. Um, people sometimes use STIs, infections, rather than diseases because diseases can be seen as um, more uh, stigmatizing than infections. And know that STDs are super duper, 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 duper common. And so something that I always emphasize is that with STDs, I don't like to get into stigmatization of them. I like to think more about how we can prevent or how we can um, prevent the spread um, of STDs if we've had them um, in our lifetime. And especially with the the rate of STDs that are out there, we are going to meet someone, we are going to love someone, we are going to know someone who has STD. So there's really no need to give that like ick factor um, because it is what it is. I mean, we're having sex, diseases are out there. Um, and so 
the best thing to do is talk about them and find ways to help um, prevent the spread or to help uh, maintain the symptoms if we have STDs or STIs. Um, So (laughs) when it comes to disclosing, I believe that folks should disclose at their own time though. And I and when I say at their own time, I also mean their own time and before a person has sex. Um I feel that when folks are going to be intimate um or if they know the relationship is about to get to that level, then yeah, I feel that um that's when a person needs to disclose and tell their partner like, "Hey, I have this and, you know, that doesn't change the way that I feel for you. I want to find a way to still express my love to you and express the way I feel about you. But I want us to um, take some precautions and I want us to get tested and I want us to use condoms and I want us to use dental dams and whatever um, in order to prevent that spread to that other person. Um Now, I think when it comes to which ones, that's a really good question. I've never been asked that one before. Um, I mean, I think it's better to just keep it 100 as far as as far as I can tell right now. I just looked at this question. I probably should have thought about this for five more minutes. But I think that, um, yeah, I mean, if we're going to keep it 100 all the way, we're going to be intimate with somebody, then just why not just, you know, put it out there and and not have that secrecy factor when it comes to STDs. So yeah, I, I do believe throwing it out there, whatever we have, or, you know, whatever we're dealing with, then, you know, making sure that we're talking to our partners about that. Um, let's see, should STDs be disclosed? Yeah, I, I mean, and Tam also as why. Um, I mean, I feel that it's like I said before, if we're trying to put our cards on the table, we're trying to really be intimate with someone and we're really trying to get to know that person, you know, these, you know, some of these STIs are part of people's lives. They're things that they're, they might be dealing with on a daily, depending on what they have, um, could be some that they're dealing with on a daily basis. Um, I think it becomes a question of something that we've had in the past. Like for instance, um, we were thinking about STDs as well. They come in two different categories. There's bacterial STDs. Um, and the way that we can think about those are that they are curable. So those include um, gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, when it's caught at the, at the right time. Um, that can be curable, meaning that you go get tested, they give you a pill for that and um it will go away crabs parasites those can go away um and then we have viral stds meaning that once a person has one of them they're going to have that uh for for the rest of their lives that virus will be in their bodies um and these include hpv hiv um and herpes just to name a few. And when it comes to HPV, this is the only exception. Um, the thing about HPV is that it's one of the ones that can potentially clear on its own. HPV is what is found in cervical cancer, throat and oral cancers. Um, 
And so uh, you'll hear a lot about like different vaccines. But the thing about HPV, sometimes, uh, many times you'll you'll probably, you know, get a pap smear and they'll say, all right, you have HPV. They might tell you, depending on the way that the cervix looks, they might say, come back you know, let's just monitor it and come back. Um, And for some folks, it just clears. And then for some people, it can turn into something a little bit more serious. Um, So it just depends. Um, But yeah, I just feel that we need to talk about these. If we're trying to destigmatize, let's talk about it. However, I'm going to say it is not anyone's business to know or out someone uh, if they have an STD. It is that person's, it's that person's business. And I would hope that if we're engaging in sex and we're being adults, that we are, you know, that we're dis- that we're disclosing when we feel it's time to, and that we are being responsible with our lives and with our health and with other people's health as well. When I say outing or disclosing early, I mean, I do not think that, for instance, I have friends with HIV. I do not think a person needs to be on a first date and be like, hey, so, oh my God, I love This Is Us. It's so bomb. Oh my gosh, it made me cry. And then you're like, I got HIV. That's some people's style, but that doesn't have to be everyone's style. And some people are not ready for that. And I battle with people in my classes a lot about this, especially when I'm training professionals because... You have some people that are like, no, I need to know right now. But why? Why do I need to share that that intimate part of me when I just met you? I don't know where this is going. I don't know where we're, who, I don't know who you are, really. I don't know what you're going to do with that information. And so just like with anything, I'm not going to go on a first date and just tell you all about my intimate, personal business. And so I feel like that should be the same as well. So I think if we're trying to move the conversation, we're trying to shift it, we're trying to normalize, we're trying to destigmatize, I really feel like we need to take all of those things into account and definitely move the conversation. Now, when we're talking about prevention of STDs, remember using condoms, uh, male or female or rather external and internal condoms um, are really helpful. Dental dams, finger cots are out there. Um, you know, use what you got. And we can definitely have a show about how to introduce those things in a sexy way. I know it's intimidating at times. Um, I am such an advocate for getting tested. So if you're a sexually active person, um, I would recommend getting tested with every new sex partner. Or um, if you, you know, if you are in a, you know, long term relationship then getting tested every year, at least Um, I get tested every year. I feel like it's best practice is part of your preventative health. Just like we go to get a physical every year, you know, quote, you know, nothing's wrong with you. You're healthy, right? So this is I feel like this should be seen in the same line as well. This is part of just making sure that we're healthy, that everything's on the up and up. And making sure that if there is something there that we get it taken care of and that we get it managed. And that's that's what it is. That's all there is to it. So, you know, take care of yourselves, people. Have the conversation. Be brave. Um, and if you need any further tips on that, let me know. Thanks so much, Tam, for that question. Um, and I have my next question from Flyest. This question says, is the vagina supposed to have a smell? 
How do I know if it stinks or if it's normal? Ooh, this is such a great question. I appreciate you asking me this, Flies. Um, this is actually a super duper duper common question that I get all the time. And I mean, there's a re- there's a couple reasons why we get this all the time. One, nobody really thinks about the vagina, so they don't ever give us too many hygiene uh, tips on it, except for go to the store, get some summer's, summer's Eve, spray yourself down and you know, smell like lilacs and fresh scent. What is it? Uh, Clean linens and all that stuff. Um, So I do really appreciate this question. So the vagina is supposed to have uh, a smell. And so when I think about the word smell, I always feel like there's like a negative connotation. So maybe a scent. I'm going to, I'm going to, can I change it to scent? Um, So yes, the vagina is supposed to have a scent. And here's the thing. Every vagina has its own distinct scent. Um, And that's from a number of things in the vagina. There's, there's good and bad bacteria, which is your flora. And, um, it's also, there's also talking about like the pH in the vagina. Um, the vagina is very acidic as well. Uh, vagina scent is also based on our lifestyle and what we're eating. And there's so many different factors that go into the scent of the vagina. But yes, it is supposed to have a scent and it is supposed to be unique to you. So I was reading an article and there are apparently like over a hundred different flora that are in the vagina that cause all different types of scents. So you could even think about it as everyone has their own natural bouquet uh, between their legs. Um, And, you know, and that's unique to all of us. Now, if it's Here's the thing. So the vagina is not supposed to smell like fish. So I know, I like I said, it has all different types of scents, but it's not supposed to smell like fish. It is not supposed to smell smell rotten. Um, and that's and that's for two things. So with the fish smell, um, that could be a sign of a of a of bacterial vaginosis. It could already it could also be a sign of an infection. So we wanna we wanna get that taken care of as soon as possible if we do smell that odor. Um, if it smells rotten, we that could be a sign of infection, but it also could mean that there's something that could be lodged inside the vagina. So something that's super common, and this is absolutely common, people can lose uh, tampons in there. They could also lose uh, condoms in there. When I say lose, I mean, they're still in there because nothing can get, get past the cervix. Um, it's still in the vagina, but maybe, you know, I've had friends who were like, ooh, I forgot. I, sh- I forgot that this. I forgot that this tampon was in here, and it happens. It is per- like gynecologists have seen everything. If that happens and you can't find it, you feel free to go to the doctor and find it. But not supposed to smell like fish. Not supposed to smell like um, anything rotten as well. Um, also, I want to keep this in mind um, because this happens to me a lot. It's. It could also be. Um, if your scent changes, it could be if you have sex with, if you have sex with, um, men, um, it could be, um, some people's, um, vaginal scent changes, um, based on, you know, when they have sex, sometimes the, 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 
acidic nature of the vagina and the basic nature of semen um, don't always mix well. And so that can create a new smell. And that's perfectly fine or normal. Once we wash up and, you know, shower, everything should be fine. Um, And the other thing to think about is the kinds of materials that we might be that our clothes might be made up of, or rather our underwear. So there are, you know, these underwear that I get from Target, which are supposed to be like these like seamless and, you know, no panty line underwear. They're great. However, whatever material that they are made of, they are, they do not allow for (laughs) my stuff to breathe. So after a long day of work, oh boy, there could be a lot, okay? The scent is definitely not the same. And so I know on those days, that is, those are days where I'm gonna need to like, you know, shower or, you know, change out those underwear and put on some cotton underwear. And so cotton basically allows, you know, the vagina to breathe. And mind you, there's a whole system going on there. We talked about flora. We talked about bacteria. We talked about, you know, there's sweat. There is hair. So there's a lot of stuff going on down there. And so, you know, letting it air out is perfectly fine, perfectly normal. Wearing cotton underwear also helps the uh, vagina breathe as well. Um, And the thing is, is that uh, when it comes to the scent for you, whatever's normal for you may not be normal for other people. And so as long as you are, you know, keeping up with your hygiene and what I mean by that is literally just soap and water washing around the folds, um, not inserting anything into the vagina. So douching is unnecessary. Spraying yourself down is unnecessary. And oftentimes the chemicals that are found in those products are what is what actually might be causing a foul smell and not improving it. Um, Some people are very sensitive towards dyes that they could be finding in some of their soaps. So if that is happening to any of you, you know, find a soap that that doesn't have dyes, um, find soaps that are mild. Um, Don't, don't be using no Irish spring down there. That's sometimes for some people that's a little too strong for them. But, you know, finding a mild soap that might work best for you can also be helpful to just wash around the folds. And a lot of gynecologists actually recommend that you don't even need soap. So using a warm washcloth um, and water and just and washing around the lips, washing around the folds, pow, pow, you got it. We're good. Um, be mindful of using powders down there as well. Um, that's unnecessary. So anything that you have to insert, spray down is very unnecessary. We don't need those things. And in fact, sometimes it could be very irritating. So as long as we're washing up, as long as we're using, you know, mild, mild soaps and, and water and warm water, um, we should be fine. And thinking about the underwear that we're using, and sometimes it could even be like a step further. If we're wearing tights sometimes, sometimes the tights can um, trap the scent, um, depending on the materials that we're wearing. So, you know, if, if any of those are a concern for you, or if you feel like your scent is just off the chain, like definitely go see a doctor and, and, and see what's going on. Um, but overall, our vaginas are supposed to smell like vagina. They ain't, sm- they ain't supposed to smell like ocean breeze, lilies and roses and all of that stuff. That is not what we're supposed to smell like. And, and when we're thinking about products, I just had a class with, um, 
with uh, a whole bunch of adult women the other day. And one woman was like, I mean, so why do they have all that stuff out there then? And here's the thing. (laughs) They know these product companies, they know how we feel. They know that our whole lives people have been basically talking about since I work with I work with middle schoolers and whenever I talk about the vagina it's always like oh it smells like fish and so they're we're already conditioned from a young age to know like to think that that there's something wrong with our natural scent and so therefore we also don't really have the conversations that we need to have around hygiene and what it's supposed to smell like and that's why I love this question so much um but what I always say to my adult classes is um you know until there's until there's ocean breeze ball spray don't come don't come for me don't you say a damn thing for me and these pro they ain't no there's none of those products out there mainstream at least in the supermarket for men and so they know where our insecurities lie and it's constantly on this smell and vaginal odor and that's just bullshit and so they're making a ton of money off of us they're making a killing off of us so there's really no need um for all of those products and again those products could be the ones that are um that are causing some of these issues last thing on the underwear that just popped into my mind um also when we're wearing thong underwear sometimes the thong underwear could be a pathway for germs and bacteria to get into the vagina and so again like i was saying switching that I'm not saying don't wear them because I got a whole bunch of cute stuff too. Um, Just thinking about the times that, you know, especially when we're laying down at night, airing, airing everything out and, and find, and, and just letting it breathe. So I appreciate those questions. I loved all of those questions. I appreciate y'all's patience when, (laughs) because some of these are like dated Ooh, they're dated. I really appreciate all of y'all's patience with answering these questions. But I promise from this point forward, I'm not going to leave you hanging like this. Um, (laughs) If you have any questions that you want to ask me or anything related to love, sex and relationships, I am... I am your person. If you if you got a hygiene question, ask me. I don't care what it is. Ask me. I'll find the answer for you. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate each person reaching out. I appreciate the love. I appreciate the fan mail, the love letters. I appreciate all of that. So really, really, really thank you. Um, again, if you want to reach me, um, we got vagisteam at gmail.com. Um, hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at vagisteam. I want to hear from you. Send me your questions. Um, if you have any show ideas, let me know as well. Check out the website. Tell a friend. Um, <laughs> so we're at the end. Last thing I want you to do as well. I know I ask you all the time, but it's super important for other people to find the podcast and for the for the audience to grow. I need you to rate the podcast on iTunes. And I know that's a couple steps. Basically, you'll click on your podcast icon. You're going to hit the search button. I know this doesn't even make any sense. You hit the search button. You're going to type in Vagisteam Podcasts. And when that pops up and when you click on the actual show, you'll notice three tabs at the bottom of the icon and the middle tab is going to say reviews. And then you'll sign into your iTunes and review the podcast. If you ain't got iTunes and you hashtag team 
Android. Um, I still want you to leave comments on the SoundCloud as well. I see y'all listening. I know y'all are out there. I definitely want to hear from you. So if you don't have an iPhone, I want you to go find a friend with an iPhone, log in, and tell us how you feel about the show and rate it so that other people can definitely find the podcast. Also, if you are into supporting this independent podcast, there is a donate button on the webpage now. So if you go to vagisteam.com, there is a donate tab and you can throw me some coins. I mean, even if it's a dollar, even if it's $2, even if it's $2 a month, I don't care what it is. It helps with finding venues for the events that, you know, we want to put on. It helps with studio time. It helps with website maintenance you know i gotta keep that up too um it helps with the subscription of keeping the podcast up on certain platforms so whatever you got i'll take it um as uh the host of the t with q and j podcast say uh 2017 is the year that you give black women your money so i'm gonna take it i'm gonna take whatever you got i'm gonna take your compliments i'll take your questions i'll take whatever you got but i appreciate your support and your love and i I will see y'all next week. Bye.